This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley but joining me is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show, Dave Statman-Roberts. Dave, hello, how are we sir? Hello Natalie, good to be back. It is, it's very good to be back and we're coming into a preview show at the back of a very, very good week for the Mighty Clarets. What, what, a, what a difference a week makes Dave. Yes, back-to-back victories, uh, a fantastic win at um, at Anfield, and then uh, progress in the FA Cup. What more can we ask for? Exactly, and talk of transfers as well in the market. I mean, it's 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 good to be a claret, and I think more importantly, Dave, we're starting to see a few points away from that bottom three, aren't we? Which is 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 really good. So all is swell. Um, well, we are here, of course, obviously to preview uh, Burnley being back in the Premier League. We're back to league duty this week after our FA Cup exploits at the weekend. Um, but obviously, before we get on to previewing the show, we've got all sorts of housekeeping matters. And first and foremost, um, a quiz question that we need to answer to. So, at the end of the Liverpool preview, also, by the way, Dave, how excited were you after that Liverpool result? Absolutely fantastic, yeah. First win there yeah. since 1974. It's uh, been a long time coming, but uh, yeah, re- really well uh, ground out result and uh yeah, wonderful, wonderful on the Hi. night. And uh, yeah, I, I've well. got relatives who are um, uh, fam- other half of the family are from Liverpool. So, oh, uh, really? I, I did actually uh, text my uh, father-in-law. He's still not replied to me. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, how, how was your heart rate in that final 10 minutes? Um, yeah, wasn't. I think the only problem was when that when the whistle went, and we assumed it was the end of the game, whistle. and it wasn't. That was oh. the worst. Mm. That was, and then of course that was then um, that was then followed by a what's it called a, a chance as well. Yeah, I'd already, mm. I'd already started celebrating around the the dining room when um, when obviously the, when the final whistle went, that we thought it was, and yeah, not good. But uh, but yes, we are of course. Uh, we didn't see that coming when we did the preview show, did we? So, but at the end of that preview show, where we got it spectacular. Wrong, we did ask our listeners a quiz question, which was Ian Brennan and Peter Noble were the only two players to score for Burnley at Anfield during the 1970s. And after that, we had a long, long wait for our next goal there. 
but who was the first Burnley player to score for the Clarets at Anfield in the Premier League era? Dave, what was the answer? Well, it was like we'd um, it, we'd, we'd made it up especially for the, uh, for the moment, wasn't it? Because uh, it, it was Ashley Barnes who, who scored. It was. He scored an early opening goal that was in a, a defeat, a two-one defeat at Anfield in March 2017. But he was the uh, the first player to score for Burnley from way back uh, since the 1970s. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, how wonderful full circle that came around for us. Um, did we have any correct answers, Dave? Well, you got it right for a start. I can, for the I record, did. for listeners, I can confirm off uh, the off air after the program, uh, the last previous show recorded. Uh, you got it right without any hesitation. You knew straight away without needing Boom. a clue. Um, but we we did have um, some other correct answers. We had quiz regulars uh, David Entwistle and John Robertson both knew the correct answer was Ashley Barnes. As did uh, Adrian Caton. Um, and we also had another one. Sa- Samuel had got in touch on Twitter. Yeah, um, he did. And knew it was um, Ashley Barnes as well. So quite a few correct answers this week. Yeah, we did. We do like a little bit of, of interaction with our listeners. I think Sam was a bit worried. He was a bit too late. But we were like, nope, you're all right. We're not recording until tonight. You sneaked it in at the last minute. So well done, you guys. Uh, well, do stay tuned, listeners, because Dave will, of course, be setting us another quiz question for next week. So uh, listen to the end of the show and we will set you your homework. Opposition Stats. Well, let's delve straight into the preview show then, Dave, because we are, of course, here to consider Aston Villa at home, which is Burnley's next Premier League game. It is being played on Wednesday, the 27th of January. It's a 6pm kickoff live on BT, BT Sport 2. Now, why don't you start us off with the opposition, Dave, by telling us all about the recent history? Uh, yeah, well, there haven't been too many. Our meetings with Aston Villa during the last decade, they have been relatively rare, and they've made just three visits to Turf Moor since 2009-10. Uh, there was a 1-1 one, one draw, that was in Burnley's first Premier League season in 2009-10. Uh, that game was played in November 2009 and an early goal by Stephen Caldwell uh, was cancelled out by a late equaliser from Emil Heskey. Uh, there was yet another draw by the same scoreline in 2014-15. Uh, the two teams met at Turf Moor in November 2014, and on that occasion, Aston Villa took the lead uh, through Joe Cole, and it was Danny Ings who scored a late equaliser to earn the Clarets a point. Uh, but the most recent meeting was in the Premier League last season, which brings us neatly onto our next section. Oh, look at that. It's like it's like with pros or something, Dave, isn't it? Highlights and lowlights. And our next section, of course, being our highlights and lowlights. And you have switched it around a bit this week, and you're going to start with your lowlight. Uh, yeah, just for a change, we're going to go with the low light first this week. And as we've already said, that was the corresponding fixture from last season. Uh, took place on New Year's Day 2020, you may recall. Um, mm. And ended in defeat, unfortunately, to an Aston Villa side who had been languishing in the relegation zone before the game. Um, it was a disappointing performance from Burnley, who mm. went two goals down. Uh, might have been three, had it not been for a borderline VAR offside decision. Um, it was also Tom Heaton's return to Turf Moor in the Villa goal, but he had to go off with a serious injury to his knee, which would rule him out for several months. Uh, Chris Wood did pull a goal back for Burnley in the second half, uh, but Villa's win lifted them out of the bottom three. Yeah, that was not a good not a good day for the Mighty Clarets, wasn't that? Well, let's, let's lighten the mood a little bit then, Dave, and let's forget about that little horrible moment and let's talk about a highlight. Uh, yeah, we've got a positive highlight, and for this week, uh, we've chosen a League Cup victory over Aston Villa from October 2004. Um, it was Steve Cottrell's first season as Burnley manager. Uh, he'd taken over from Stan Turnant, 
and the Clarets were drawn at home in the third round of the Carling Cup, as it was then, to play David O'Leary's Aston Villa. Uh, They were an established Premier League side at the time. Uh, Graham Branch gave us an early lead after just nine minutes. He headed in across from Robbie Blake, and it remained 1-0 at half-time. But Burnley were awarded a penalty 10 minutes into the second half, but Thomas Sorensen got down low to save Robbie Blake's spot kick. However, Burnley didn't let that affect them, and a short corner between Tony Grant and Robbie Blake culminated in a rare goal from Mo Camera with a header. Although Juan Pablo Angel pulled a goal back for the visitors, it was a piece of sublime skill from Frenchman Jean-Louis Valois, who jinked into the box, then fired a shot into the roof of the net to make certain of the victory and send us through to the next round. Excellent. What lovely memories. Fixture flashback. Okay, and then we're going to, this week, we're going to insert a slight new, well, it's not a slight new feature, it is a new feature into the middle of this. Um, And this is going to be our fixture flashback, which is something that we are going to be looking at, hopefully making a success of. Um, Dave, why don't you talk us through what the fixture flashback is? Uh, yeah, it's something we wanted to bring in for the second half of the season, and it involves a little bit of uh, audience participation as well. Uh, we want to hear your match day memories for our fixture flashback section. Um, each week, we plan to feature one contribution from a particular game from the past against our next opponents. So, for example, this week we wanted to hear about a past game against Aston Villa at Turf Moor. But in our next preview show, we want to feature. Uh, a listener's memory from a game played at Chelsea because that's where the weekend's match takes place. So it's all about um, listener memories from the particular fixture that we've got coming up. Excellent. And um, this, yeah, so yeah, it's great. Listener participation, big fan of this. And so here we are. This is your first fixture flashback. So Aston Villa at home, not a fixture that I've got too many fond memories of. Uh, remember in particular being really annoyed that we conceded a goal to Emil Heskey and Joe Cole, I think, as well. Uh, league games at home in the Prem. Very happy memory there is the League Cup game. I think it's 2004. We won 3-1. Remember Juan Pablo Angel scored for them. Jean-Louis Valois scored a cracker for us. But the goal I remember most was Mo Kamara. Uh, corner from the left-hand side. Rose planted a header. sure it was his only goal for Burnley. Ran off all the way to the touchline and hugged Steve Costa with a massive grin on his face. That was a nice memory. Uh, so that's the one that stands out for me when I think of Aston Villa. Come on, you Clarets. Heroes and villains. And then moving on, Dave, we are then obviously looking at our heroes and villains section. And we're going to go as, as standard. And we're going to start with our hero, please. Who have you picked for this fixture? Uh, our hero this week is a prolific Burnley goalscorer who also went on to play for Aston Villa later in his career, following a spell in between at Leicester City. That player is legendary Burnley forward Andy Lockhead, and the reason we've chosen him as our hero this week is that he scored all four of Burnley's goals in a match which, despite our good record against Villa, was also our most recent top-flight home win against them. This match took place in November 1966, but it wasn't one-way traffic as Villa scored first through John McLeod and led 1-0 at half-time. However, two quick-fire goals from Andy Lockhead around the hour mark gave Burnley the lead, and despite chattily equalising for Villa with 10 minutes to play, Andy Lockhead scored again a minute later to complete his hat-trick, and even added another before the end to make certain of the Burnley victory. So for that reason, Andy Lockhead, with four goals in a game against Villa, is our hero this week. 
Excellent. And who is the person we love to dislike, please? Who's our hero? Who's our villain? Uh, well, well, usually in this section we choose an opposition player or manager or occasionally a match official who's either transgressed in some way or just got on our nerves as Burnley fans. But for once, there were no real standout candidates. So this yes. week I've not decided not to nominate anyone. However, we are going oh. to reserve the right to retrospectively nominate someone at a later date, depending what happens <laughs> in this week's match. Be warned, Aston Villa. You will feel the wrath of Statman Dave if you end up finding yourselves in his bad books. Um, that's a that's a preview preview show first, is that, Dave? It I is, like it. yes. I like it. You just you couldn't think of one, so you said, I'm just not going to nominate anyone this week. Good I've for gone you, rogue again. Yeah. You, you, again, every, it's becoming a regular habit, Dave. I'm, I'm used to it. I just need to find a bit in our script of where you've slotted in your rogue bit. Um, so let's move on then. And who's going to be refereeing the game? At, uh, I'm going to say at the weekend on Wednesday. Uh, on Wednesday, yes. Um, Paul Tierney has been appointed as the referee for the fixture at Turf Moor this Wednesday. Uh, the Wigan-based official celebrated his 40th birthday last month, on Christmas Day, in fact. But with Burnley having been awarded penalties in the last two months, it's surely too much to expect another one this time. However, there were plenty of penalties the last time he took charge of a Burnley match, which Ooh. was for the visit of Sheffield United to Turf Moor in the Carabao Cup earlier this season a match which Burnley eventually won following the shootout, with Robbie Brady scoring the decisive spot kick. Although we progressed, that result is still classified as a draw for the history books, although our overall record for Paul Tierney's match as referee isn't too bad, with five wins, three draws, including that one against Sheffield United, and five losses. The only red card he's shown in past Burnley matches was one which was doled out under controversial circumstances to Brian Stock in an FA Cup defeat at Barnsley back in 2013. The first card appeared to be for mistaken identity, which meant that Brian Stock received a shock when he was cautioned again 12 minutes later and had to leave the field. Burnley lost the game 1-0. Stuart Atwell will be on video assistant referee duties for this match. Brilliant. Love it. Um... Now, what did you what are you going to do about the one to watch feature then, Dave? Well, we haven't quite canned it yet. Um, we uh, we still haven't played our first Premier League game this season against Fulham. That obviously that match was called off because of uh, COVID cases in the Fulham camp. So it will be back for one last outing when we eventually get that uh, fixture rescheduled. Um, okay. But for the rest of the rest of the rest of the second half of the season, uh, we have, as we mentioned earlier, we do have our fixture flashback se- uh, section instead, and we also have something new in our um, information for the fancy Premier League. So we'll uh, mention that later as well. Excellent, I like it. Look at this, adapting to the times, Dave, for the second half of the season. Statman Dave's stat of the week. Uh, well, let's not leave it there because I know you'd like to spoil our listeners rotten, um, and we're feeling very generous this week because we're all on a high. So why don't you delve into the very deep pockets of Statman Dave's stat bank and let us have your miscellaneous stat of the week? Yes, well, this week's stat of the week relates to our opponent's past record on their visit on their visits to our corner of East Lancashire. Prior to Aston Villa's win at Turf Moor last season, on New Year's Day 2020, as we've already mentioned, Burnley had gone over 60 years without losing a home game to Villa in a run that had consisted of 14 matches, and there were eight wins and six draws uh, among them. Uh, That was since 1959. In fact, prior to last season, Villa had only ever uh, won once at Turf Moor since World War II in 29 previous visits. Um, But after the blip last season... We'll be hoping that we get back to winning ways against a team that has tended to struggle against us on their travels. 
Excellent. Good stuff. Um, we do have an opposition view for this week before Dave and I have a quick think about what we expect the game will play out um, to Wednesday. We spoke to Cole Petton from Talk Aston Villa to get his view of the game. Opposition view. Hey there, Burnley fans. Cole here from the 7500 Holtcast podcast. I've been asked by the lads over at No Nay Never to give you a quick opposition match preview ahead of Wednesday's match at Turf Moor. Of course, it's only been a matter of weeks since these two sides faced each other. It was a nil-nil draw, of course, at Villa Park, which arguably you could probably say Villa deserved to win given the amount of chances we had. And unfortunately, we just weren't opportunistic I should say Um, it is what it is it's a good result for either side Um, you can really never argue to say at least the point is a really a bad result in any means especially in the Premier League with the high level of competition but going into this game of course it's kind of been a whirlwind for both sides of course you guys beating Liverpool in the league a successful win in the FA Cup as well so you're really rolling right now you're getting back into form those injuries are going away and Sean Dyche is really just kind of getting a well-drilled team into perfect form you look at Villa on the other hand of course we just are kind of getting into the tail end of dealing with COVID-19 of course nine of our players had it four staff members and it looks like everyone has successfully recovered so that's great to see just from a personal and kind of humane standpoint at least Um, but yeah it's fixture congestion season for us now this will be our third game in I believe seven days of course lost to Man City and what can only be described as terrible officiating costing us you could probably arguably say beating Newcastle of course on Saturday and now of course on Wednesday we head to turf more it's going to be a very physical one it's going to be a hard one and it's going to be all about game management time management for us I'd imagine Jack Grealish will be of course on his fourth yellow card so one more and he can be suspended for a game so that's to keep in mind we get John McGinn back from temporary suspension due to the accumulation of yellow cards so it's going to be interesting to see who kind of plays in the midfield for us and how we manage that because I think of course playing again on the weekend against Southampton it's going to be about managing not only expectations but the fitness levels and um, really morale of this team as well but I'm going to end this off by saying a 2-0 Villa win Um, I just think with the way we're rolling this season I think we're showing now that we can even break down teams that like to sit back evidence against of course a struggling Newcastle side I'm going to hand this one to us maybe that's a little biased but nonetheless I'll leave it at that thanks to the lads of course over at No Nay Never for having me on it's always appreciated you can follow me on Twitter at Talk Aston Villa, or of course, tweet us at 7500 to Holt. But I'll leave it there. And yeah, up the villa. So, how are you feeling then, Dave, about the, the game? You must be feeling on a high and confident we're going to get a win. Um, Yeah, well, you would hope so. I mean, it, things seem to be coming together, I think, from the point of view of uh, long term injuries. We don't seem to have too many of those. I think there are still one or two niggles for um, uh, for Wednesday's match. Uh, Charlie Taylor still touch and go, which usually means they're not going to play. Um, mm. Robbie Brady had a knock as well, so um, it, that might be a, a wait and see on that one. Uh, Josh Brownhill also had a little knock, uh, but Johan berg came through the game uh, fine at the weekend. So we, we are just about there in terms of the uh, the players. We, we have had 
um, our fair share of injuries uh, going back. But I think we're probably at the uh, the best stage we've been for a while. Obviously, Jack Corks uh, now back and available as well. So um, we've not got too many worries on on that front. And I think that it's certainly at home. It's a it's a winnable game. Villa have obviously mm-hmm. been better this season than last. They really struggled last season, despite uh, beating us on New Year's Day. Um, but I think these are the type of games that we uh, we need to win if we're going to try and get ourselves um, up the table a little bit. So I'm 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 hopeful of a victory on uh, on Wednesday evening. Yeah, so am I. Um, where do you? I've asked everybody in the non and every team about this. What do you do about the striker situation? Which combination do you go with? Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I thought that um, d- despite some of the criticism they they'd got, I mean, obviously we just did just score a penalty. Um, but I thought uh, Chris Wood, again, despite this criticism he got, did did a role on uh, at Liverpool, did really well. I'm not sure that Jay or um, Vidra would have been quite as good in that role in that match. But then again, yeah, Jay think. comes in against Fulham and scores two goals. So um, Jay's certainly pushing for a for a place, and I think um, Vids has got a. a Certainly got a a role to play, maybe coming on as a, an impact sub. So that might yeah. be his role going forward. But it's good to have players who are coming in, chomping at the bit, and um, and and looking to score goals and make an impression. Oh yeah, it definitely is. I think that's very much where we'd settled on on the analysis show, which we recorded earlier this evening. I think he got, you know, there was a little bit of grumbling, wasn't there? He'd gone with Wooden Barnes again before for the Liverpool game, and people were a bit frustrated, especially with. Poor Chris Wood, who's just desperately trying to get back into form. But actually, on the night, it turned out to be the genius move because they, they were just the perfect role for it. And, and, and Ashley Barnes, particularly, like you say, worked incredibly hard. Um, and it was just nice to have just something different for the Fulham game. You know, we were playing without the Premier League shackles. It was a bit of freedom. It's a cup competition. And, and it was a joy to watch Vidra and Jay. Um, I completely agree with you. Um, I know there's a lot of people who feel me included, who feel really sorry for how it's, it's turned out for Matty Vidra, but I'm not entirely sure he did enough against Fulham to warrant going into the side ahead of Wood, Barnes or Jay. But for me, I think I think Daesh's headache is between, you know, I think I think Jay's Jay's earned his right, particularly at home, to start. But who? What do you do? Do you just try Barnes and Jay? That's probably my least favourite combination, to be honest. But Gonna be an interesting one. Um, so you're gonna go for? Are you gonna book a win? You think we're gonna win? Is that what you? What's your score prediction, Dave? Well, we we only seem to win other than the uh, three. We were spoiled, weren't we? By three three goals in a cup game. Mm. We haven't scored um, three goals since we beat Bournemouth <laughs> in February <laughs> last year, um, and it was o- over. Well, longer than that. It was November 2019 when we last won an away game by three goals. Or, sorry, scored three goals in an away game. Um, so I think it's going to be tight again. I'm going to go for one nil win to Burnley. I'm going to go for 2-1. I don't, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet um, just because I think Villa are just... They're just att- attacking at the moment and I think they've got some they've got some good players. I think they will score a goal. So I'm going to say 2-1 to Burnley. Um, listeners, do send through your score predictions, please, if you were listening to this previous show before the game. Don't send them to her afterwards because you'll be cheating. Um, you know how to get in touch with us. You tweet us at known and ever or you email us podcast at knowingever.net and let us know what your score predictions are. Fantasy Premier League update. So then moving on to the second half of this week's show is of course the much coveted Never Fantasy Premier League which you have now 
tweaked around a bit to, to give a few new stats and, and updates for the second half of the season. Uh, we are game week 19, which has just finished, um, which I think was an eventful one. So why don't you give us the league update and kick us off, Dave? Yeah, it certainly was an eventful one, and it was um, a little bit different in that the majority of Premier League teams, although not all, um, had two matches played within that game week, meaning the uh, point-scoring potential was much higher than usual. Uh, We have an update for our top five managers who are leading the way in the no-near-never league table, uh, and they are in reverse order. We've got uh, Sean uh, Danaher in fifth. We've got Ellie H in fourth place. We've got Joseph Golby in third and Gary Proctor in second. And there's just 10 points separating second and fifth place. It's really tight at the top. Mm. Um, And then in first place, we've got a non-mover who is Charlie Binns, who's another 18 points ahead of Gary Proctor in second. So it's Charlie Binns, who's our uh, current leader, has been for a, a couple of weeks now. Yeah, he seems to be getting a lock on that top, doesn't he? Um, what about Team None and Ever? How are we doing? Well, I guess first and foremost, you and me, how are we doing? Uh, well, you're a non-mover. You're in 236th place out of 241. You're on 754 points uh, and you had 54 points for the week. Um, and I've moved up slightly. I'm up to 129th place. I've got 1,009 points, and that's exactly 100 for the game week uh, 19. Uh, However, I'm still 50 points behind Richard Steele, who is still the best place manager among the rest of the No Near Never team. He's now in 79th place on 1,059 points. He loves his football, does Richard Steele. It doesn't surprise me that he's leading none and never. Um, Moving on to the actual individual players then, um, what about the Kings of game week 19? What did that look like? Uh, Well, that team consisted of 11 players in a 4-5-1 formation. And if you had all of these players, you would have picked up exactly 200 points. Uh, That uh, that, that excludes uh, the points for your captain, because obviously whoever you select for your captain each week gets double points. And also any free chips you may have played. I think uh, quite a few um, managers took the opportunity of the double game week to either use their bench boost, which is where all their players on the bench, or all 15 players, get points, or their triple captain, which means that um, uh, rather than getting double points in the week, uh, their captain scores triple points. But you can only use those chips once during the season. So uh, you have to pick the right time to do it and obviously try and pick the right player that's going to maximise the points. Um, There was good representation in this week's top team from both Leicester City and Manchester City in particular. And the top 11 players were as follows. Uh, We had Kasper Schmeichel in goal. Our four defenders were uh, Stones of Manchester City, Target of Aston Villa, uh, Diaz of Manchester City and Justin of Leicester. We had a midfield of Pereira, Gundogan, Madison and Tillerman, so two Leicester players in there. And we had another Leicester, oh, sorry, sorry, five midfielders, uh, 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 Harvey Barnes of Leicester, obviously Burnley-born, he was the uh, other midfielder in there, and West Ham United's Antonio was the uh, one and only forward in the team. Um, the highest scoring player in game week 19 overall was Manchester City defender John Stones, um, and he would have earned you a stonking 27 points. Obviously, if you'd have captained him, you'd have had 54 and if you'd have had him as triple captain, it would have been 81. So uh, it's all very good in uh, hindsight. But I think quite mm. a lot of managers have transferred in John Stones because he's getting uh, points at the moment. Um, cumulatively, though, I've got an update on the high-scoring players for the season to date in each position. Uh, they okay. are uh, goalkeeper is Emiliano Martinez at 92 points. 
defender is Andy Robertson with 88. Uh, in midfield, Bruno Fernandes has 140. And Harry Kane is the highest scoring striker with 142. And that's also the highest scoring player overall. And do you want to hear Burnley's top three scorers as well? I absolutely do. Hit me. Okay, uh, Nick Pope's way out in front. He's the highest scoring uh, Burnley player overall with 92 points. And then in second place, we've got Ben Mee with 59, who obviously, despite missing games toward the, towards the start of the season, he's still our second highest player. And James Tarkovsky has got 57 just behind Ben Mee. So uh, they're the top three Burnley players at the moment for the season today. Perhaps not a, a big surprise that the Burnley's highest no. three scoring players are the Holy Trinity. <laughs> it's probably not a great surprise. Um, now, obviously, we've got a new feature for the second half of the, the season to uh, freshen up the fantasy Premier League a little bit. So you're going to do an opposition top three. What's this, day? This is exciting. Yeah, it's just a little bit different. We uh, do welcome feedback here at No Near Never, and Graham Jennings was in touch a few weeks ago to suggest that we include the opposition team's top three FPL players, and that was as a replacement for our one-to-watch feature. Uh, well, we've already implemented the fixture flashback um, section, but thought that it was too good an idea to ignore, so we're going to include this in our FPL section for the remainder of the season. Um, and so, Aston Villa's high-scoring players so far for this season, up to game week 19, are... Uh, Jack Grealish is out in front. He's got 105 points. Um, Emiliano Martinez, we've already mentioned, as the high-scoring goalkeeper. Um, he's the second high-scoring Aston Villa player overall with 92. And striker Ollie Watkins is in third. He's got 77 points. So they were the um, highest-scoring uh, Aston Villa players today. So they certainly are three uh, to watch for uh, for this week's game. Mm. Yeah, I like it. That's a good feature. I like that one. Yeah, no, I like it. That's a that's a good that's a good tweak for the uh, uh, fantasy Premier League. Well done. Um, so do stay tuned next time because we're going to have another fantasy Premier League update for you next week, um, and we'll start to see how the managers are going to fare in the second half of the season. It all starts getting a little bit serious. Statman Dave's quiz question. And we are, of course, going to finish off the preview show as we always do with. A quiz question. Dave, what have you decided to set our listeners this week? Uh, yeah, slightly unusual one this week. Um, Burnley played Aston Villa at Turf Moor in an FA Cup fifth round tie in March 1974. But other than what happened during the 90 minutes, what was especially notable about this particular match? Hmm. Don't know. I've got a couple of guesses, which I will guess off air. I always, Dave always allows me um, a chance to guess at this as soon as we finish recording, and I usually get it very wrong, um, apart from this week when I guessed Ashley Bourne. So I'm gonna, I've got a couple of guesses at this one, so I'm going to bat some ideas around. Um, but how do our listeners get in touch with the correct answer, please? Well, any answer, actually, Dave, please. Uh, yeah, any correct or wrong answers, we uh, we accept them all. Welcome, um, <laughs> uh, Tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at no near never. Uh, you can email us, podcast at knownearnever.net, or you can also reply to the post that will go up on this, uh, for this preview show on either the No Near Never Facebook page or also on YouTube, where all these uh, podcasts get loaded to as well. Excellent. Do participate, people. Get involved with it. Everybody likes a good quiz. We're not even asking you to do a Zoom quiz either. It's very easy. Just tweet us. Um, right, we've got a little bit of uh, business that we need to settle up at the end of the show. Would you like to do a bit of a roundup of any community news or fixture changes or anything that we think our listeners might benefit from knowing? Um, so you've got a little bit of, of other business to attend to. What is it that you want to announce, please, young Dave? 
Yeah, we mentioned earlier, we, we always like to hear from our listeners, whether that's getting in touch with answers to quiz questions, which we get regularly, um, providing feedback on the uh, analysis show and also on the preview show, whether that's positive or negative, provided it's constructive. That includes suggestions or new ideas, or even just to say hi. Um, and we were contacted in the last week by separate listeners who enjoyed keeping in touch with the podcast. Um, a lifelong fan of over 50 years standing from Ontario in Canada, uh, and another relatively new supporter from Cincinnati in the US who started following the Clarets in 2018. Uh, and we just really wanted to make them and any other fans from North America aware that there is a North American Clarets, Noram Clarets, as they are on uh, Twitter, but they've also got a Facebook group of over 450 members. If you just search for North America Clarets on Facebook, um, you should find them, and I'll try and get Matt to put the uh, link into the show notes as well. So that's uh, certainly something to consider if you're uh, a Burnley fan in that part of the world. Excellent. Very good. Good community service announcement there, Dave. I like that. Excellent. Um, yeah. I know. We love it. We love it. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, that's a good point. Those of you who listened to last week's preview show will have noticed that there were lots of bells and things ringing throughout there. It wasn't my phone going off. It wasn't, and I didn't know no. what was going on. And unbeknown to me, the cheeky little scamps, producer Matt and Dave, decided to carry on this joke about me saying excellent too many times in the preview show. And they'd come up with an idea that Dave was going to sneak in all of these alternative words and do like a ping, ping, like a little bingo single. So you little cheeky little scamps, honestly. This is what I've got to put up with, listeners. And you never noticed. I, I, I didn't notice. All 16 alternative words for excellent in there, and you never noticed one of them. <laughs> I didn't even know. And I think, did I know at some point as well, say excellent by accident, to go, oh, flipping heck, I shouldn't have You did, it. yes. Yeah. Honestly, you try your best and you just get grief from your team, honestly. Uh, well, that's all we've got time for this week. So a couple of thanks before we leave you to get on with the game itself. Um, our thanks go to uh, Aston Villa fan Cole Patton for, from TalkSport Villa. Talk Sport Villa, talk Aston Villa. Uh, that's a good play on words that got me as well for his opposition view. Uh, for Turf Moor Stadium announcer uh, Dominic Walker, my script has gone funny and I can't see my names. This is this is horrendous. Uh, Dominic Walker for his uh, specially recorded preview um, show announcements to producer Matt for knitting this all together and getting it out there. But my thanks as ever go to the main man himself, Dave Statman Roberts, who just puts. A phenomenal amount of, of time, especially at times like this when he's already been working in the background to come up with some fresh ideas for you um, for the second half of the season because that's all brand new and he's got to set that up. So, Dave, you're you're an absolute legend and, and I wouldn't be without you. Um, and I thank, thanks finally go to you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this podcast. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, we will be... Dave and I will be back before the Chelsea... Chelsea next day, it is, isn't it? The yes, Chelsea, Chelsea game on Sunday. Sunday. Yes. Yeah, so we'll probably record something get it out to you probably Saturday, we would have thought. The Friday night preview show will be Saturday morning, I would expect. Um, and I think the analysis show, I think the, the rest of the team will probably be back after the Chelsea game. Actually, I think we'll probably do Villa and Chelsea together. So keep an eye out on social media and we will announce when the next show is available. Um, but in the meantime, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other um and yeah just stay safe this has been the preview show brought to you by the known and never podcast until next time
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.